Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to uh, this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris, and I will be introducing uh, this week's podders with the uh, amount of time they're going to take to listen to the new Taylor Swift album that's out in about oh, seven, eight hours' time. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam. Hello. How long before you listen to it? How long before I listen to it? Yeah. It's not, it's not going to happen, is it? Probably not the whole thing. I'll wait until it's dissect until people dissect and tell me which ones the good tracks are. And then I got Emma. Hello. Hello. I'll probably listen to it in the morning. Me too. One of the tracks has got Bonnie Vera on it. Oh, again, wasn't that the last album? Got, and one of them's got the National on it. That was the last album, wasn't it? It's also this album. Is it just the same album? She just rebadged it. It sounds a bit like it. It's the but... same group of sessions, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, well that's promising because, I mean, some of it works for me. So, um, for me, the national is a horse race. Who are they? Oh, Chris, that's not the right answer. What sort of music are they? Are they rock, pop, ballet? What are they? Or ballet's a dance? (laughs) (laughs) Ballet's a dance. Classical, I meant. (laughs) What sort of music are they? Well, I want to say ballet now. <laughs> <laughs> is it worse than that song she did? I reckon with... you could ballet to the national. <laughs> I think you could, yeah. Is it worse than that collaboration she did with Ed Sheeran? That was a low well, for her. Anything with Ed Sheeran is bad. So... Yeah. That was a low for her. That I'm, was. I'm not agreeing with that fact. That's not true. Anything with Ed Sheeran is bad. Anything with Ed Sheeran. Oh, that's a fact. Yeah. That's like law. You're not an Ed Sheeran fan, are you? I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan, but I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan. Are you an Ed Sheeran apologist? <laughs> <laughs> you are, aren't you? I'm not an Ed Sheeran denier, no. <laughs> <laughs> if only the universe was. <laughs> right, OK, so this week we're going to go into uh, about the Champions League uh, events on and off the pitch there. Uh, got bits and bobs of news, European leagues uh, and the Premier League. So we are going to start on Tuesday, straight Wednesday night in Paris. Group H, uh, it ended up being PSG 5, Istanbul, uh, Bissakashir 1, a Neymar hat-trick and two goals for Kylian Mbappe. However, that was on Wednesday. The real sort of events took place um, 24 hours beforehand uh, where the players walked off a pitch, I think about sort of 19th, 20th minute, um, with an allegation of racist abuse toward... Uh, uh, towards the fourth official um, I think what happened was is uh, the fourth official called the referee over to send off uh, Istanbul coach Pierre Weber uh, Cameroon legend um, and when asked to point him out uh, the fourth official went 
the black guy over there or the negro or something like that was that effect uh sebastian coltescu uh that was picked up by pierre webbo and was also picked up by denver bar uh, and other members of the istanbul team um and they were very very upset that webbo's color was used to uh highlight uh him uh and denver bar was sort of saying you can't say this black guy here that black guy there you don't say that white guy here that white guy there um Players walked off the pitch from both teams, both Kylian Mbappe and Kimpembe heard what was saying as they, as they decided to walk off. Uh, one thing I was impressed by is the amount of players who speak very, very, very good English who don't have it as their first language. Um, I, was, I was impressed by that on Tuesday night. Um, okay, so... You realise that we dominate the culture, right? No, I do. I do. It's just very impressive to hear. Lots of the, the, the trope of lazy footballers or the trope of thicko footballers is often thrown around and I think yeah, but you realise they're British footballers Denver Bar's not British no no the ones that are accused of being thick oh okay fair enough you know that we have schools here and we get I don't think I don't think the same trope of I don't think the same trope of of working class idiot footballers is applied in on the continent well it, it impressed me anyway um so what do we think of the events on Tuesday night, where the players' right to walk off the pitch. Uh, was it just a case of cultural misunderstanding? Um, who do I go to first? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. I'm, I'm leaving this hand grenade on the table. <laughs> <laughs> go on then, Emma. I wish um, PSG had been like this when Neymar racially abused that Marseille player. Oh, Sakai? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice double standard for them there. Yeah, well, hey-ho. It's been done now, hasn't it? It's not the point, though, is it? No, I know. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't pick uh, a, a cause. An incident, rather, than a cause. Mm. And then make your stand on that when one of your players has also racially abused someone and you went, eh, he didn't mean it. Fair enough. Do you think they'll, do you think UEFA will find themselves more or less than um, Nicholas Bentner got fined for wearing those pants? <laughs> How much did he get fined? He got fined about seventy thousand pounds, I think. Oh, it won't be that much. <laughs> um, they were right though to come off the pitch. Yes, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think they were. I don't think anyone's going to sort of condemn them for doing what they did and it's been said a lot of times hasn't there that um, when Mario Balotelli began to walk off the pitch against uh, Verona last year and he was sort of stopped from doing so people were saying that he should have been left to walk off the pitch yeah he should yeah Adam how's that hand grenade of yours doesn't have a pin in it so people should be running away <laughs> go on what do you want to say very little I've got, sorry, I've got the feeling you're about to explode with opinion, like an opinion grenade. <laughs> no, no. no the, the, <clears throat> you're very much the one tossing the grenade on the table. What, by reading no, out I'm... things that happened? <sighs> yeah. That's kind of the point Not of this criticism. podcast. Not criticism. Sometimes life is full of grenades. That's kind of the point of this podcast, though, to talk about events that have happened. Yeah, and I don't... I, yeah, that's fine. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, John Barnes. Anyone see John Barnes' tweet the day after? Yeah. Uh, John it's Barnes. Things like this, which is why we should move on. 
What did he say? John Barnes basically uh, tweeted a picture of the entire Istanbul Bistekashir coaching staff. And uh, they're all white apart from Webber, who of course is uh, black. And his tweet was, what else was the fourth official supposed to call him? By his name. Uh, but he doesn't know his name? Why that not? That guy over there. Why not? Yeah. Why would he know that? I mean, it's not some chump that's walked in. It's Pierre Weber. He's played sort of fifty odd times for Cameroon. Plus, as far as I'm aware, from reading things off of Gabriel Marcotti's Twitter, um, fourth officials and referees and other officials get a great big pack the night before with all the names of all yeah. the players and coaches. Yeah, they have to do research. Yeah, it's not like mm. Tim Sherwood turning up in a Sky Studio. So, yeah, they should really know who he is. But, yeah, as Emma says, even if they don't, you say that one over there. I mean, I wouldn't say that one. I'd probably say that man. Him, that but... man. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I'm as bad as him. <laughs> uh, anyone... so John Barnes doesn't have a problem with that. No. John He'd Barnes be doesn't. fine if it happened to him. I guess so. I, I bet so. he wouldn't. <laughs> um, George Jesus has said that racism allegations at the moment are, quote-unquote, very fashionable. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are, are they saying that, that, guy, that, that they were being opportunists? <laughs> well, maybe they're saying that making more of it than what they should have done. From reading further quotes that George has said, I think basically he um, is disappointed he can't live in a world of racism. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's talking about free speech and everything. Um, Adam, is there anything else you want to say on the subject? No. Emma, what about you? Uh... They PSG were right. The right they did the right thing, but they're all going to get in trouble for it, probably. Someone did send a message into the Football Weekly podcast, uh, which was uh, I mean it's not the best message that's been sent to a podcast this week, uh, but it was it was a a message. Um, someone sent in a message saying you know uh, soft power um, Gulf states company uh, uh, football club um, does the moral thing with uh, Gundogan's plaything. Not Gundogan, Erdogan, sorry. <laughs> That's completely... Uh, yeah, who is Manchester City? What's his problem? Wow. <laughs> Damn, hoist by, own... <laughs> <Hoist laughs> by my own petard there. You only should probably investigate. <laughs> I, I have a pack here in front of me that I should have memorised. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Do you know what it was? I was thinking about um, Numberwang. Mitchell Webb's Numberwang. That's why I said well, Gundogan. Why are we doing that? What's that got to do with anything? Because of Erdogan. Erdogan, Dumberwang, no, Gundigan. What can you do? Um, yeah, so someone said that. Anyway, uh, does anyone want to talk about the Manchester United game instead? Well, they lost, so yes. They did. So RB Leipzig 3, uh, Manchester United 2, RB Leipzig go 3 0 up. Uh, Manchester United get the goals in the 80th and 82nd minute uh, to give them a little bit of hope. Adam, I want to talk to you about your analysis last week uh, on this podcast. Um, so Manchester United for the last two games have needed just one point to qualify. They lost against PSG. After they lost against PSG last week, uh, I did say to you, are they going to blow it next week? And you went, well, what was the score when they played at Old Trafford? Uh, they'll be fine. Yeah. 
Um, they weren't fine, were they? Yeah, no. I sometimes people get things wrong. When you're wrong, when you're right fifty two percent of the time, Chris, you're wrong forty eight percent of the time. <laughs> I feel I might have sort of shat on his cornflakes or something by mistake this morning. Well, if I was, I'd have got told off for what time I was eating those cornflakes anyway. So. <laughs> And if I was having anything to drink with them. <laughs> Should we record these podcasts earlier in the week when you're not had a chance to have a bad week? <laughs> if we record these podcasts first thing Monday morning, would that be a lot better for you? <laughs> I don't know, man. Grumpy times. Yeah. Uh, the first goal by Angelina was lovely. Uh, great little left-footed volley. I, I, every time I see him play, I'm surprised that Manchester City have let him go out unknown. Um, I'm not, because I remember the times he played for Manchester City. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I did speak to Steve Tudor, a uh, Manchester City fan, who said he's better than Zinchenko, but he'd rather have Mendy starting ahead of him. I can't remember what game it was. He played, he played in, like, like can, can you remember, remember the last season? I'm sure he played in, like, a, or the season before, played in, like, a really high-profile game and was just yeah. awful. He did. I spent, Gary Neville spent the whole game tearing him apart. He was just atrocious. Was it, when they played, was it when they played Liverpool? It might have been against Liverpool. I think it was. I can imagine it probably was, yeah. Um, Manchester United defending for the third goal, uh, where sort of David De Gea turns his back on the ball, Harry Maguire leaves it for De Gea, who can't even see it, and then Justin Clivert pops in. It was just sort of uh, cartoonish. Um, Paul Scholes is unhappy with Harry Maguire's comments, where he said that Manchester United started slowly after the game. Um, Rio and Scholes, he think that Oli's got no tactical plan. Sort of, he, he flips from a back three to a back four to a back five, and sort of throws a load of players' names in the air, whichever 11 land face up, they're the players he picks. Is that fair criticism, Adam? No, because he throws 11 players up in the air. If one of them is Paul Pogba, he takes that one out <laughs> and he rolls again. Oh, Phil Bloody Neville on Five Live on Tuesday evening. God, he did my bloody head in. Um, you know he you was... turn off. I can turn off. But it was like sort of touching a sore tooth that you can't sort of... <laughs> <laughs> You can't help. Um... Yes, what was Phil Neville saying? Phil Neville basically was saying that everything wrong with Manchester United is down to Paul Pogba, and as soon as Paul Pogba goes, everything will be uh, coming up Millhouse. Um, I'm not yeah. entirely sure Paul that's the case. Paul Pogba, who inspired their comeback in the league at the weekend. Yeah, and I think... Okay. Yeah. But apparently he was quite anonymous before that goal. <laughs> he was rubbish, apart from, apart, from, apart from all those goals he scored. He <laughs> Joe Rootmaths. <laughs> It's the opposite of Jordan Henderson. <laughs> um, yeah. He's apparently unhappy, though, isn't he? In, With... At Manchester United, according to his agent. Well, I blame him the crap. Yes. Bruno apparently... You're quite correct. <laughs> Bruno Fernandes apparently is unhappy there as well. He's got a funny way of showing it. Stop scoring all those goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe that's maybe the reason why. You know, he's, he feel, might feel like he's sort of flogging himself silly and... He's not—he's the only one that's doing it. Like Matt Letizia at Southampton for all those years, or Robin Smith for England in the nineties at cricket. Apart from Matt Letizia, was lazily deciding not to do anything that might might challenge or or, or damage his status quo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So any sympathy for Fernandez or Pogba? Um, no. Okay. Very little. <laughs> I um I have a I I have a degree of sympathy for Pogba in general. Mm-hmm. Is that I saw some interesting tweets uh, 
before the game of the weekend that suggested that pretty much his stat lines for Manchester United and Juve are almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, like a hundred over a hundred and thirty games played for both teams, and sort of the goals and the assist numbers are sort of within like three or four of each other. Um, but he's held in completely different regard by both sets of fans and in the public eye, right? And I suppose some of that comes from one of them being a free signing who wasn't not much was expected from the other one being a guy who they paid 80 odd million pound for but he's, he's I think that in this country we we are, are still stuck in this idea of what of what certain midfield players are supposed to do and I think that Paul Pogba's an example of a player who gets stick for not doing the thing he is doing when he is doing the other thing. Do you think there's a correlation between people that uh, think Paul Pogba should leave Manchester United and those that would boo um, players taking the knee? No, because I feel that you're. Tr- there's a very. That was a very. That was a very simple coded statement you're trying to make there. Okay. I think he should leave Manchester United. What? So, that means that you would boo players taking the knee? No, because I just said no. I don't agree with what you said. <laughs> You think he should leave? Are you trying to get me to secretly out myself as a... <laughs> oh no, I've fallen into your trap. <laughs> How did I possibly see that? Um, yeah, I think he should leave. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lukaku, there's a lot to be said for just being happy. Um, Life's you... short, man. Don't, don't spend it being miserable in Manchester in the rain. Do you think he could command a place at uh, one of Europe's top teams like Madrid or Bayern Munich or... Back at Juve yeah. or something. Yeah, okay. Um, Group H... Whether, whether the economics of modern football allow for that to happen straight up, I don't know. But there's only so many places he's going to go. He's not taking a step down from the top table at world football. This is a man who just recently isn't far from having won a World Cup and is going to, in in sort of, what, six, seven months' time, be bossing a midfield for for a team... Highly rated in the in the European Championships. Like this isn't some sort. Of, the, the, he's he's not a complete ch- a chump. I don't understand this sort. Of... <laughs> okay, uh, so this isn't Man United playing John O'Shea in midfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said that you need a team of John O'Shea's, and you'd win everything. I think they need to reimagine what John O'Shea was. <laughs> um, Group H then, RB Leipzig top with 12 points. Then it's PSG with nine, Manchester United also nine, and Istanbul finished on three. Uh, Group E on Tuesday night was uh, Chelsea, who made 10 changes, including Billy Gilmore starting again. Now he's fit. Uh, Chelsea won, Krasnodar won, uh, Ren won, Sevilla three. So Chelsea finished that um, group top on 14 points, Sevilla on 13, Krasnodar five, Ren one. Um Emma, I've not been overly impressed with Sevilla this season. They seem sort of very hot and cold. Is that fair? They are. Um, it's the wrong competition. It is the wrong competition. Have they, they done the worst thing by qualifying? Finished third. In that, so <laughs> yeah, qualifying has been a, is a nightmare. <laughs> Sorry, Emma, what were you saying? Yeah, it's the wrong competition for them. Yeah, <laughs> they they are quite hot and cold. They do seem to struggle sometimes with scoring goals. Have they in the league as well? They seem a bit hot and cold in the league. Uh, a little bit, but they are generally quite consistent. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, group F is Lazio two, Brew two. Uh, Brew played fifty-one minutes with only ten men, having had a man sent off. Uh, 
and Zenit 1, Borussia Dortmund 2. Uh, Dortmund came from behind to win that game. So Dortmund finished top on 13 points, Lazio 10. Uh, Brugge going to the um, Europa League on 8 points and then Zenit on 1. Group G, uh, Kiev 1, Ferrant Varus 0. And then uh, Barcelona 0, um, Juventus 3, Emma. Uh, Ronaldo with two goals and then Weston McKenney. Does anyone ever have Pavlovan responses to um, footballers' names? So when Damien Duff used to play, I always used to think to myself, mm, beer, when this commentator said his name. Um, does anyone get that? No. Okay. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Weston McKenney, um, there was a Midnight Oil song in the 1980s called Beds Are Burning, and there was a lyric in it said, the we- uh, Western desert lives and breathes at 45 degrees. And I always say Weston McKenney lives and breathes when I hear his name mentioned by the commentator. I didn't know if I was alone in something like that. I guess I am. <laughs> I mean, in the company of us two, yes, you are. But well, you might be the weird ones. Everybody else in the world might do you it, might and you, two, yeah, you two might be the odd ones. Yeah, it's just me. It's just me and Emma cleaning our legs and not doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so was it a penalty for the first goal? I thought it was, absolutely but absolutely not. I can be persuaded that it wasn't. <laughs> absolutely not. That's quite unequivocal. Well, yeah, and you needed it because that's not what you were saying on. on on Tuesday we can show the receipts of our whatsapp group (laughs) well I don't think I was like it wasn't the hill I was dying on were you just trying to be antagonistic (laughs) no I thought it was a penalty and then I have seen it since and I'm a bit more "Mm, maybe it's not 100% not a penalty 100% not a penalty Emma was it well there's no point asking you Um, (laughs) (laughs) what did you make of the game then Emma have you seen any of this at all no, I, I didn't need to watch it because it didn't matter. And also I knew that was probably going to be the result because Ronald Koeman still manages Barcelona. Well, he said after the game, he said, quote, unquote, we weren't Saw aggressive. Saw that drive by coming a long way away. <laughs> we weren't aggressive. We looked scared. And whose fault's that? It's his. What's he got to, what player's got to be scared of? Oh, I, it, perhaps it's his job to motivate them or play them all in the correct position or pick the right players or stop playing a stupid formation which he knows doesn't work or he could when we're losing he could stop putting every attacking player on as a substitute because he's a fucking moron when he left before as a player on what terms did he leave Barcelona good yeah, so he's not like as he was handed. He is respected. As I was going to say, still got that free kick. It's not like he was handed out the club and then this is like some sort of uh, long game revenge. I will hand him out of this club now. <laughs> uh, Barcelona had a three point cushion on um, yeah, second place Juventus. By three goals. Can we do something for Emma's blood pressure, please? Uh, I'm <laughs> the only thing that you can do is remove Ronald Coleman for existence. So they will they will be unseeded for the uh, last sixteen draw on Monday. It doesn't matter who we get; they're going to beat us because we're rubbish. I just for a little bit of slight a slight bit of context because something I saw today on the BBC Sport website a headline on the European football section was "Buy and keep rolling, but stru- Spanish giants struggle." What we've learned from Champions League group stage. Now. I think it's very fair to say that Real Madrid struggled with the Champions League group stage. <laughs> that's, did, yeah. that's without a doubt. But if Barcelona had won um, on Wednesday or Tuesday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. 
that would have been the first time in their history that they'd ever won six six all six group games. Mm-hmm. I know they didn't. The, I know. I know we have to it was about... the first time we lost a home Champions League game in a decade. Sure. In the group stages. I know, but some of these, but that's fine. But, but I really question the U, BBC's use of struggle to suggest that. Yeah, Barcelona really didn't struggle. No. <laughs> At all. Not in this particular instance. Yeah. Uh, Plenty of other instances where they're struggling. Did Sevilla really struggle either? I don't think they're considered a Spanish giant. So, so you finished second in that group, although level on points with Juventus. Uh, Kiev on mm-hmm. four. Uh, Frank Varus on two. So Wednesday night, uh, Michelin uh, in Group D drew 1-1 with Liverpool. Um, Mo Salah scored after one minute and he's now the record goal scorer for Liverpool in the Champions League. Um, Chris, just, can you just give quick me a question. Oh, oh, sorry, Emma. Emma, go first. Uh, I, can you pronounce the name of Liverpool's goalkeeper who played in that match? Oh, why? Because I've got an Irish father. I must be the one that be able to... I just want to hear you try, that's all. Kelleher. Yeah, try his first name. Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I've got no idea. And I wouldn't even begin to for risking being even more offensive uh, <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd make a fool of yourself that's all why wow, evidently I... <laughs> <laughs> hey Trent Alexander-Arnold was captain for this but he's merely uh, a child I, 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 some questions then mm-hmm. um, and I know that it's fine because I know that Jürgen Klopp won't go on about it because he really doesn't he's not interested <laughs> in the <laughs> And it's definitely not an issue, and he won't bring it up again. But <laughs> in a game that perhaps doesn't matter because you'd already qualified, yeah, maybe Mo Salah playing the whole game and Trent Alexander-Arnold playing feels a little bit unnecessary if you're really worried about your tired players. That's a fair point. Should we see if he comments at the weekend about it? When he comments at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, VAR decided a penalty um, for uh, Michelin to get back into the game so originally the player was given offside oh. um, but then uh, consulting VAR he wasn't offside and the penalty was given and they scored suddenly me seeing a thing that said club is getting tired of VAR suddenly all makes sense I didn't know that had happened but now it makes sense <laughs> uh, okay and in uh, the other game in that group Ajax lost one at home to Atalanta uh, so after 79 minutes uh, Graven Birch got a red card for Ajax uh, and then Muriel scored five six minutes later for Atalanta so Liverpool finished top on 13 points uh, that red card may well have cost Ajax because Atalanta now finish on 11 points Ajax on 7 and Michelin on 2 uh, group C, um, Manchester City 3, Marseille 0, Ferran Torres, uh, Sergio Guerin, just his fifth uh, appearance, uh, and Alvaro Gonzalez scoring an own goal, which is always something you hate to see with Alvaro Gonzalez. Um, Marseille, who have been awful for nine tenths of this Champions League uh, season, at one point inexplicably uh, at half time, were sort of in a chance with sort of a shout with the Europa League. Um, Porto's 2 0 winner of Olympiacos. Sort of that though. Uh, 
the BBC website, who wants to hear what the BBC website said about Sergio Aguero? They said, um, quote unquote, his strike moves him to 41 Champions League goals and level with Neymar in the battle to be the competition's top South American goal scorer. Oh, uh, with the exception of Messi, who has 118. <laughs> it's a close race, though. Yeah. <laughs> don't get that one. <laughs> um, I don't really know what to say about all this. It was very comfortable in the end for Manchester City. Um, anyone got anything they want to say on this? I just think that we should be used to, that's going to, you realise that's going to be the next sort of 20 years of football is going to be records with Messi and Ronaldo removed. You think? Yeah. <laughs> that's just going to be life from now on. Uh, yeah, Olympiacos uh, lost 2-0 at home to Porto in the other game. So Manchester City on 16 points where they only conceded one goal. This is their best ever Champions League um, group performance. Uh, then Port on 13 points and Olympiakos and Marseille both on three. Group A, Bayern beat um, Lokomotiv Moscow 2-0. Goals from Chupamoting and Nicolas Sewell. Uh, RB Leipzig lost 2-0 at home to Atleti with a wonderful Yannick Carrasco goal. Um, has anyone seen that goal at all? No, but I heard it was great. Oh, it was lovely. Uh, it was a cross from the right-hand side in the air, dropped straight down to his foot. And you'd be tempted to leather it for all your might, put your laces through, but he didn't. He side-footed it into the corner. It was a wonderful fish. He's been great since he came back from China. Has he? Mm. Um, excellent. Uh, and I don't know what to take that. <laughs> Just flowed like normal conversation. <laughs> has he been? Excellent. Why has, he been, why has he been so good since he came back? He's been pretty integral to um, Atleti's success. In what He's... way? been playing really really well what's he been doing well his job <laughs> oh great i'm glad i went down that little rabbit hole um <laughs> <laughs> oh, i thought if you could do it i'm gonna do this <laughs> uh, jesse marsh the rb salzburg uh, manager he's been closely linked with the brussie dortmund job as lucien Favre appears to be inching his way out bit by bit um do we think he'll be doing a good job there it must be it's tough at this, some of these jobs right i know I'm, I'm happy to admit that Losing for probably deserves to lose his job, but the man's just finished top of his Champions League group, <laughs> and Chris is already Chris is suggesting he gets fired. Oh no, I'm not making this up. I have read it elsewhere. No, I know you have, and I know it's there, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not, but and that extends to lots of other people, right? But <laughs> it's just a hard life. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Bayern finished then top on 16 points. Atletico Madrid nine, uh, Salzburg four, Lokomotiv Moscow three. Um, and finally, Group B. This was the group of fun. Um, Real Madrid 2, Borussia Mönchengladbach 0, Karim Benzema. Um, Real started the fixture in third place and Borussia Mönchengladbach top. Um, and in the end, it was the Gladbach players that were sort of huddled around the iPads down by the dugout waiting to see what happened in the other game because that finished uh, Inter Milan 0, Shakhtar Donetsk 0. Um, if Inter had scored in that game or if Shakhtar had got a result in that game, then it could well have been uh, Gladbach heading to the Europa League. As it is, they qualify in second place. Um, Inter are out in the group stage for the third successive year. Who has seen Romelu Lukaku's heady clearance? Yeah, what was he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for those who haven't seen it, the ball is volleyed in at sort of exocet miles per hour into the um, box. And Lukaku was still about three or four yards out um, in an offside position. I don't think he's really got the time to move out of the way. The ball just wellies him in the head and flies off towards the centre circle rather than in the back of the net, which is where it was going to go. Um, Which just seems a very into thing to do. Uh, 
So Real Madrid finished top on eight points. Um, Bristol Munch and Gladbach finish on eight points. Shakhtar finish on eight and go to the Europa League. And Inter Milan finish on six points. So um, I just want to mention a little bit about Shakhtar going into uh, the Europa League and nearly qualifying for the groups uh, for the um, latter stage of the Champions League. Instead of what's going on, playing their games sort of 700 miles away from um, their, their sort of home stadium and their home stadium being used as cannon fodder at times in the last few years or so. So it's incredibly good what they're managing to do, even if they're not making it to the latter stage of the Champions League. Adam, you said back in September that you could predict 15 of the 16 teams that finished in the yeah, first and second that, places. I think I think I ended up on 14, which I don't think makes this worth, the, which I think isn't a suggestion that <laughs> this might make the whole thing worthwhile. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. Well, if Manchester United had scored one more goal, I'd have got my 15. <laughs> the jeopardy you get with the uh, Europa League being for teams in the finishing third place, I think that's quite interesting because you, the, the teams still have something to play for. Well, so you go ruin another competition to make... Like... I don't think you ruined it, do you? Sevilla don't think that they ruined it. No, exactly. <laughs> but deep down, we all know that they really have every yeah, time they, they turn up there halfway through. <laughs> um, okay, right. So, bits and bobs of news. So, Paolo Rossi, unfortunately, died uh, age 64. He was the top scorer as Italy won the World Cup in 1982. Um, he scored 20 goals in 48 appearances for Italy, and he scored 100 plus goals in Serie A for Milan, Verona, Vicenza, Juventus, and Perugia. Um, Neil Ruddock has revealed how he wound up Eric Cantona by putting down his collar. So you remember Eric Cantona sort of wore his collar up, didn't he? And that sort of Gallic flamboyant way that uh, he did. Um, Iconic is the word. That's a word. I used I think, a different word. Yeah, right? I think Chris meant the word foreign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so quote unquote, he called me a fat bastard and I said, I'll fight you in the tunnel. Uh, he kicked me up the arse and tried to elbow me, shouting the tunnel over and over again. <laughs> there is no way that that nobody was clever enough to use the the joke the tunnel. <laughs> um, QPR and Millwall players on, and also just sorry again, just as no, as big as Neil Ruddock was, like I'm not gonna, I would not be picking a fight with Eric Cantona. Well, going on to read this, he he realised after he picked a fight with him how big Eric Cantona actually was. Eric Cantona wasn't some scrawny number 10. No. Like... Well, he said, thankfully, um, David James came along, who's about seven foot and sort of stuck up for Ruddock and saved the day. And if you ever want to see it, like, he will kick someone in the head if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> There's video evidence. Um, QPR and Millwall players stood rather than taking the knee. They, they sort of linked arms and unfurled a banner. Um, the QPR players, I think, then took a knee after that before the game started. And Elias Chair did the same after celebrating the goal, which is quite a sort of iconic image. Um, anyone got any opinions on this at all? Well, you throw more grenades on the table. <laughs> no, I'm mentioning the news, and it's quite an important piece of news that's happened this week. Yeah. Um... I saw <clears throat> that the uh, British media had... Um... Oh, sorry, a member of Parliament had said, basically gave the Donald Trump uh, answer of, there are good guys on both sides. Uh, yes, that's George Eustace, who is an MP about 10 miles down the road from me, so... That's cool Sometimes with you. Sometimes you just really shouldn't say anything at all. Did he say there are good guys on both sides? Because I thought the Donald Trump one was the bad guys on both sides. Also good guys. There are good guys on both sides. Yeah, I suppose. To have good guys, to have bad guys, you have to have good guys. Exactly. Um, That's how it works. 
stand and link arms. I think it's quite unfortunate that Millwall's next home game happens to be against QPR because QPR had already, as a club, had made that decision right where they were, they were they had stopped taking the knee, and they had their own uh, reasons or decisions about that. And I, I don't obviously don't follow the Championship or lower league football enough to know whether even in that instance, whether some players still did or not against Ferdinand's, Les Ferdinand's sort of directive on a game-to-game basis. No, but they did at the weekend, where, oh, sorry, on Tuesday when they scored against Millwall. And they did they did take the knee before the match as well. Uh... So you're telling me that when they play against a normal team, a normal team, yeah, let's go with it, a normal team. <laughs> Fuck Millwall. <laughs> when they play against a normal team, and the other team takes the knee. Some other players don't take the knee because they uh, for QPR. They all just stand. Yeah, because okay. so Les has asked them not to, so they uh, they don't. Um, I just think that's disappointing. I would have nice to have seen another because I kind of felt that um, I kind of felt that there, there was a, a bit of pandering to racists, basically. Not Marxists. The, the appearance of pandering to racists. Um, and that's uh, ne- never really a, a great look, is it? So no. So who won on uh, on Tuesday night? Was it the all fans? Or was it Karl Marx that won? Was that is it a zero sum game? I don't know what that means. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it it feels a bit like appeasing the Millwolf or doing something for the make Millwolf fans not boo them or something I mean I don't know I would have liked them to Millwolf players to have taken the knee personally um, I, I am also slightly so the, the idea was what the the response for essentially for what did happen was clapping and applaud like it was a positive response right supposedly yeah but um, why were they clapping? Were they clapping at the gesture or were they clapping the fact they got their own way? Or were they different people clapping to make sure there wasn't some dickhead making a booing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. How many people have to boo out of two fat? Like, I don't know. If a tree boos in the woods, will anyone hear it? Um, after a while, though, sort of, there's only so many times that sort of this thing can happen to my war and you can sort of claim detachment from it. Yeah. Fair enough. Emma, have you got anything to say on this? No. Okay. Um, I have a question. Do, do you have open, openly, I shouldn't call them open because that's no argue against that. Are there essentially openly racist clubs in Spain? Or is uh, there an equivalent like of a Millwall sort of, we're going to be like this and no one likes us and... No, not really, because <laughs> most of the teams have their bad points. Right, um, I see. Is that because enough clubs will... <laughs> there's, still, there's still enough of them who might throw bananas on the pitch. Yeah. Is that because a lot of Spanish, uh, a lot of Spanish culture is still t- sort of tied up in regionalism rather than sort of a united country, but... Not liking a particular race, if you see what I mean. Kind of, yeah. Um, but I guess if you ask Inaki Williams... Yeah, I guess it's not 
Spain clearly isn't a country about its problems, is it? Like, Chris, yeah. that's what I, I realised as I was phrasing that, but I was just sort of wondering whether there was such a a specific whether whether Spain had to sort mean, of whether there was a mill wall a Spanish mill wall. Yeah, you mean like oh Lazio and, fans being Nazis, that kind of thing. And the question is, yeah, yeah that sort of uh, the question is, is there a football team from Benidorm? <laughs> Because that would be the one. I think they do have one. <laughs> do they? Yeah. Um, what else? United. Uh, some journalists from the PA agency uh, managed to book tickets uh, and a hotel package at a cost of three hundred, uh, a cost of six hundred eighty pounds, uh, from a witness-based hospitality company for the Manchester derby this weekend, despite it being in tier three. Um, match has been in tier three. At no stage did the sales rep attending this match say that this was an impossible situation. Um, so it sounds like they've been caught with their pants down a little bit. Uh, there's a report going around that the semi-finalists for the Champions League could be guaranteed Champions League football for the following season, rather than just the winners of the competition. Are we on board with that? I mean, we're not going to get that far, so... <laughs> OK. Uh... This is uh, this is what happens when you have the Liverpool's thin end of the wedge. It starts with letting the winners be in because <laughs> they can't qualify the season after. And now look where we are. Now 50, everybody has to qualify. years later, look what's happened. <laughs> uh, you had one chance and you blew it. Uh, Guangzhou Evergrande, managed by Fabio Cannavaro, uh, are still in Qatar a week after losing their Asian Champions League final. Um, they've not managed to get home. They're blaming a lack of uh, charter flights and COVID. Um, and finally, Anton Griezmann has ended his association with Huawei uh, over the company's alleged surveillance of Uyghur Muslims in China. Um, he said that following strong suspicions that Huawei has contributed to the development of um uh, Uyghur facial recognition software I am immediately ending my partnership with the company. Emma, what do you make of that? Immediately even Mm -hmm. though this has been known for quite a while now Uh, (laughs) Good for him (laughs) Nice things about him but I find it increasingly difficult Going to have to get Emma some muscle relaxant to be able to unclench her jaw (laughs) Anybody got any diazepam? Uh, okay, leagues, bits and bobs of leagues. So in Spain, um, Atletico Madrid. no Spain. <laughs> in Spain, Atletico Madrid on twenty six points. Then Sociedad twenty five. Villarreal twenty one. Uh, Real Madrid twenty. Ninth. Yeah, keep going, Chris. You're going to get there. Ninth and only three points off the relegation zone. It's Barcelona. <laughs> so this weekend it's the Madrid derby. Um, how are we feeling about that one? And what's the talk in Spain about that? Um. I sincerely hope that Atleti win. <laughs> uh, Betis play Villarreal and Real Sociedad play I Bar the Brave. Um, who Barcelona got this weekend? Look at that. We're so far down the list you didn't even bother to look. No. Uh, we we are playing Levante this weekend. Okay. Who are arguably worse than us. Where? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, hold on, hold on. Arguably. Is it, too early? 17th. <laughs> Is it too early to call this a relegation battle? No, because we're three points off relegation, Chris. So it's absolutely not. But if 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 Atleti win, if Atleti win, and, and you you manage to scrape past Levante with your game in hand, you could then get yourself up above Real Madrid. So are they close to Real Madrid relegation as well? Because they're yeah. in fourth. So Who wants to win the league this season? 
in Italy, Milan are top on 26 points and Inter 21 and then Napoli and Juventus both on 20. So at the weekend, it's Genoa versus um, Juve, Milan versus Parma, Calgary versus Inter and Napoli Samp. Um, in Germany, Bayern are top on 23, then Bayer Leverkusen 22, RB 21 and Dortmund 19. So RB are playing Werder Bremen, Dortmund are playing Stuttgart, Union Berlin are playing Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen playing Hoffenheim. Uh, in France, PSG are top on 28 points, two ahead of both Lyon and, uh, oh, sorry, Lille, then Lyon in third place. Um, so PSG are actually playing Lyon on Sunday night, and then it's Lille versus Bordeaux. Uh, it's also 4th v 5th, oh, sorry, yeah, 4th v 5th, which is Marseille versus Monaco, uh, the Côte d'Azur derby. And it's the derby de Est, or the derby of the East, which is Strasbourg play Metz. Uh, other derbies we've got going on around the world in Uruguay, she's not on this week, but it's Penarol versus Nacional. Um... In Brazil, uh, it's the Majesto. Uh, as this, you got, have you got free sports, Adam? No. Okay. Well, if you get free sports for Sunday night, you can watch the um, Majestoso, which is Corinthians versus Sao Paulo. That's going to be on um, Sunday night as free sports now start showing, or Premier Sports now start showing Brazilian football. Uh, in Bolivia, it's the Clásico Cruceno. What's that, Emma? C R U C E N O. Cruceno. Oh, you said it right. Carry on. What does it mean? Uh, I don't know. That's literally one of your words. <laughs> they speak a different dialect than we do. Okay. <laughs> so that's Club Blooming versus um, Oriente Petrolero. I guess that's Spanish for petrol, is it? Yes, Chris. Brilliant. Uh, in, in Israel, it's a small matter of Benin Sakin versus Beitar Jerusalem. So this is the uh, Benin Sakin are the um, the Arab team. Beitar Jerusalem we talked about the other week are the uh, ultra Jewish Orthodox team, uh, and their fans aren't happy because um, they've now got a fifty percent Arab ownership. As Hamad bin Khalifa from the Dubai royal family has bought a fifty percent stake in the club. So I think this is their first game. Um, since that deal has been announced, I don't know if there's going to be any fans in the stadium. It's an away fixture for Betar, so I doubt there'll be any Betar fans at that ground anyway. But their first home game when it comes next week or so will be very, very interesting to see any fan reaction from there. Uh, the graffiti around the ground shows love familiar. The uh, ultras aren't very happy with that. Um, okay, and we move on to the Premier League. So, 8 o'clock Sky on Friday night. Leeds versus West Ham in the Lee Chapman derby. Um, David Moyes has said he wants to make West Ham quote-unquote great again. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, he didn't. He did. <laughs> I read that in two websites. Did he, that... <laughs> did, he, did he do that, like, with a wink? And with then... a red hat on. <laughs> yeah. Um... I literally looked on two websites to see if that's what he'd said, and he did. Oh, God. <laughs> Leeds are unbeaten on a Friday in the Premier League. They won three and drawn six. Um, West Ham have lost the last three they played on a Friday, scoring zero goals. Um, Leeds, Patrick Bamford has got eight and 11 this season. He's got, he averages a goal every 118 minutes, and his conversion rate is 18.6%. Uh, that's up from 11% last season. Um, although if you're a West Ham fan, you will be heartened by the fact that they've opened the scoring in their last six Premier League games. Uh, Emma, what would you reckon for this? Uh, well, let's face it, West Ham need to get relegated if David Moyes actually did say he wanted to make them great again. <laughs> so I hope Leeds win at least 8-0. Okay. Uh, Adam? Yeah, what Emma said. Were you listening? Yeah, Leeds are going to win 8-0. Okay. 
Is that your opinion, or are you just saying what she said because you're doing something else? A little column A, a little column B. <laughs> uh, Saturday, 12.13, BT Sport is Wolves versus Villa in the Andy Gray derby. Um, Ross Barkley's out for Villa. Um, Wolves did the, vi- the double over Aston Villa last season, uh, and they've also got each clean sheets in their last 12 home games. Villa won three out of four away. Um, Adam, what do you reckon to this game? Oh, uh, and will Jack Grealish be uh, tired after his exertions this week? I mean, I don't think Photoshop takes that much out of you. No? No. Is that confirmed? Is it? Was it Photoshopped? I don't think it is confirmed, but you need to stop looking at weird photos on Twitter. The the the, the last two you shared, you, the photos you've talked to me about on Twitter involve Jack Grealish and Paul Scholes. Um, no, the, I didn't share that photo with... I, uh, someone shared that photo with us. No, but you're talking about it now. That's what I was Oh, okay. The Paul Scholes um, photo isn't photoshopped. That's um, that's been around for years. I didn't say it was photoshopped. I said you're talking about weird photos. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, I wasn't paying attention again, so I don't know who Aston Villa are playing. Wolves. <laughs> I knew you weren't paying attention. That's why I came to you first. <laughs> I gave you a chance well, because, because you didn't get me the first time. <laughs> well, no, I gave you a chance for the first one to sort out your admin. Uh, that's why I went to Emma first, and then I thought I'd come to you second time, seeing you're not paying attention. All right, so the first time dance. you were being nice, and the second time you were like a, a teacher trying to teach me a lesson. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> um, uh, Wolves will win because uh, Ross Barkley's really important to Aston Villa being good. Okay, Emma? Uh, Aston Villa will probably win because Raul Jimenez is really important to Wolves being oh. good. He's got a broken head. Hey, they lost Shit, last week, yeah, didn't they? The Liverpool game last week. They had that 4-0 loss, didn't they? And they didn't look particularly threatening going forwards. Fabio Silva's definitely got talent, but is a work in progress, isn't he? He's no Raul Jimenez, is He's what, what not we're yet, saying. No. <laughs> is, he a, is he a pound and Joe Felix? <laughs> Are you just saying that because their names are similar? No, both sort of young Portuguese wonder kids. Right, okay. Jao Felix is a very specific type of player, right? So, Well, they're both sort of play up front they're and are young Portuguese. and Portuguese. There we go. Basically, they're both Portuguese. Oh, no. They're both... They play near the opposition goal, is what Chris has decided. <laughs> they're both similar age as well. It's not like uh... I went Izzy Pound shot Luis Figo. <laughs> That might have been better, though. Oh, I it. Okay. <laughs> Is he a pound shop, Eusebio? Um, I'll stand by what I said. This might maybe this game might not be the uh, the visual thriller that maybe people might have hoped. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, three o'clock on Sky Sports is Newcastle versus West Brom in the Steve Watson derby. Uh, Newcastle scored with forty-two point nine percent of all their shots on target. That's um. 12 out of 28. Uh, that's the highest percentage in the Premier League. Um, and of those 12 goals, Callum Wilson's been involved in nine of them. He's scored seven and got two assists. Uh, Emma, what do you reckon to this one? That's a lot of shots on target. Yep. Yeah. There's that. There is that. It's not a very inspiring fixture, is it? No, not particularly, unfortunately. You have to take the wheat with the chaff, unfortunately. Do you, though? No. I mean, there's an argument that not every game should be televised. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, you don't have to watch it. It's like Phil Neville on my radio. <laughs> I, I didn't have to it. listen. That's absolutely... I won't. <laughs> well, what's going to be playing three o'clock on in Spain? I don't know. Um, <laughs> let me let me check the fixtures. <laughs> what do you think Emma is in charge of the fixtures? God, haven't you given your analysis of this while she has a little Google? Well, no, because I can look and tell you that it's Getafe versus Sevilla. I see. I'd rather watch Carrasco and Campos than well, Dwight Gale. It's not strict. Oh, yeah. It's... It is. A, it, you'd have to wait another 15 minutes. Yeah. So you could watch the first 15 minutes of Newcastle if you wanted. <laughs> uh, well, I'd rather watch Sevilla, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. And the build up to the Sevilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would, I would much. I'd rather much watch the adverts. Watch <laughs> the. the kind of reaction from the game before. Are we going for last time match of the day with this one? Yes, almost certainly. <laughs> Wait, who are Burnley playing? Burnley don't play till the next day. Oh, then yeah, last time match of the day. <laughs> well, yeah, you because I, and also, I know what the next two games are. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it won't be last time match of the day. It'll be the Friday night game, won't it? I'll go second last match of the day. That's just semantic. <laughs> uh, okay, half past five on Sky's Manchester United versus Manchester City in the Wales me derby. Um, of all the managers to have faced Pep Guardiola uh, four times or more, Oli has the highest win percentage of sixty percent, or three out of five. I'm going to claim that you've bottled it there because the Wales me derby does not fit the pattern of what you normally do. It's got to be players that played for the same teams. Yeah, Balotelli didn't play for both teams. Ah. That that incident just happened to happen in in, in that game. Manchester Derby. Yeah. Dennis Law then, Dennis Law Derby. Yeah, but the you Dennis Law, the Dennis Law back heel Derby. Um, <laughs> uh, quiz: Anthony Martial could be the first Manchester United player to score in three consecutive Manchester derbies since. Oh God. Uh... Van Nistelrooy. Earlier. Earlier than Van Nistelrooy. Andy Cole. Same time. Dwight York. No. Is it Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? He's already been. He's already been mentioned on this podcast. Eric. Cantor. I would. Uh, Eric Cantona. Was that at the same time? Yeah. Or oh, it was a year, wasn't it? Didn't they sign Andy Cole in '95 and Cantona retired in '96? Seven. Seven, okay. Two years. Sorry, sorry, I got that wrong. I was, I was seven myself. Well, I wasn't born during World War Two, but I can tell you who won it. This isn't the. This isn't what you were saying when we were talking about the eighty-two World Cup. Earlier. You, <laughs> you changed your tune a lot. Uh, okay, so City won six out of the last nine derbies at Old Trafford. Uh, is it going to be seven out of the last ten come Saturday evening, or is it one of these things where Oli gets a terrible result in Europe and then pulls something out the back of no? Is that not what Ollie does, though? Just when you think he's at his lowest point, they'll they'll do they something. They talked about this on Football Weekly the other day, and they made it sound like Solskjaer had some sort of control over his destiny. <laughs> was, they, they, they made it sound like Solskjaer was such a good manager that he was choosing to be bad and then could just make it happen when he wanted to. I think life is more happening to Solskjaer than him impacting himself <laughs> on it. Okay, fair enough. Um, Emma, what do you reckon? If... Manchester City don't win really handsomely I'll be very surprised okay um, 
Eight o'clock BT Sport is Everton versus Chelsea in the Graham Stewart derby. Um, Bill Kenwright, what are you shaking your head for? Bill Kenwright. No, no, just Graham the, Stewart. The, the concept of how terrible this game is going to be for Everton. <laughs> Bill Kenwright has given up his seat in the director's box to some fans, hasn't he? He's a nice guy, isn't he? He is, he is lovely. Uh, Everton have won their last two at home versus Chelsea. Um, although they have lost their last two at home this season in the Premier League. Ancelotti has not lost three in a row at home since 2006 at Milan. Um, and Chelsea are unbeaten in eight games versus ex-managers. Adam. Last time we played Chelsea, we only got battered 4-0 as well, so things can only get better. So if you lose 3-0, it's better. Exactly, yeah. And I won't have had to travel all the way to Stamford Bridge in the cold on the way <laughs> to see it. Okay. What win, if you, win, win. What if you lose 5-1? Is that a better or worse result than 4-0? Well, uh, it's going to feel worse. It depends when we scored the one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you score the one to make it one all. Uh, then it's definitely going to feel worse. Is it or better because I, you had a foothold in the game? It, I'm not quite sure when scoring the one is good. After a minute. What? So good, so you're saying it's better <laughs> when we go one nil up and then get and then lose five. That would have been a minute's joy. Yeah, I had that against Fulham, and then there was. A... <laughs> <laughs> There is such a thing as scoring too early. Yeah. The thing that we do need to do, though, is just check on the fitness of of um, Seamus Coleman because <laughs> how would the podcast work otherwise? All right, Emma, you give me some, you give me some analysis, Emma, while he's um, looking at that. Uh, is Olivier Giroud going to play? Uh, he didn't play in the week, did he? So maybe he will come on at some but point. he did start in the league, didn't he? After and I suggested he, he shouldn't, and he scored. Yeah, one of us was right. <laughs> So what are you going to say this week, then? I really like Everton. But they're going to lose, aren't they? They're your English team, aren't they? They are. They are my English team. And they are almost <laughs> going to lose. Because sport hates me. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just the three Champions Leagues in the last, or two Champions Leagues in the last decade, but sport hates you. Yeah, one billion pounds in debt. <laughs> Two Super Bowls that we talked about earlier as well. <laughs> Super Bowl victories as well, not just Super Bowl appearances. One treble. My team got to the Super Bowl, scored three points, whole game. Embarrassing. <laughs> Arguably, the best, Arguably the best player ever in their team, but yeah, sport hates you. He doesn't want to be there, does he? Literally watch the best player to ever play the game for 15 years. <laughs> But he doesn't want to be here anymore. And while he? he was there, also had Iniesta. <laughs> but does he want to be the, here? The best team to ever play football <laughs> from 2008. Literally got to see the best team. That was a long time ago. But sport hates it's you. 2020 yeah. now, not 2008. And you still got that player with you? <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> he looks so sad. He does look sad. Right, Seamus um, Coleman watch. Davis Coleman has apparently, according to physioroom.com, has a 25% chance of playing, Ooh, which basically it. means no. No. Okay, so you're going for a Chelsea win then? What? Based on these numbers, based on, based on the graph. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've read some articles saying that the um, the free at the back and the wing-back system isn't working for Everton, and that might be because we're deploying it without wing-backs. Well, Jonathan Wilson um, thinks Chelsea are in third place while being rubbish. 
Um, he's not entirely wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not entirely wrong about that. But I feel that they have enough going forward to potentially cause us some issues. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. I hope Yerimina doesn't play. I'm starting to talk myself into... I'm starting to think myself into everything. We, we are quite good at keeping the ball, and Chelsea might find that difficult. Um, but... Mm. But they're really good at shooting the ball into the net when they, they are get quite it. Good at the goals, yeah. <laughs> at the moment, they're quite good at doing the goals. On the plus side, Fabian Delph ruled out, so okay. swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. Um, um, I would argue that a squad that only has two fullbacks in it is not properly constructed, and that might be an issue that we could do with looking at. Because mm-hmm. the other two fullbacks are considered so bad that we don't even look at them. So are they really there? Fair enough. So you're going to go Chelsea. Emma, what about you? Oh, Chelsea are going to win. Okay. I'm trying to reverse curse. <laughs> uh, on Sunday at uh, high noon, no, just, is... sorry, sorry, sorry. Just quickly, mm-hmm. can we talk? Because we've got to talk about other stupid things that people have um, uh, that things have been said on like the media and stuff. Darren Goff today claimed that it's impossible for Dominic Calvert Lewin to to win the Golden Boot because he doesn't take penalties. I mean, that's not entirely stupid, is it? Apart from the fact that he's two goals, clear, he's like two goals clear at the top of the ta- top already. Yeah. Against Sun, who doesn't take penalties. Uh, yeah, but if Carrie... all these players, what are all these players about to get? Have they got loads of backloaded penalties ready for them that <laughs> I'm not aware of? Why doesn't Dominic Calvert Lewin take penalties? Because um... Alan Stubbs comes on as a special team. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. He would take penalties probably with Charlison now. Hammers. Would you trust Hamas with a penalty? I'm not yeah. sure I would. They'd probably start Personally, flicking up yeah, and bicycle but... kicking in. Um, Maybe I... we should... Yeah, Emma's right. We should start a campaign for Dominic Cavalier to take penalties. I don't think it's I'll a ridiculous thing to say, is it? If he, start, if he suddenly goes on a dry run and then Tottenham maintain their title challenge and because they're in the opposition penalty area will win more penalties with Harry, Kane, uh, Harry Kane's weird backing in foul thing... He could get a few more goals. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. But also, just to, to extract that, is it beyond the realms of possibility that he could score, he could win it without taking penalties? Uh, he could. I mean, most Salah also takes so penalties. So what he said was stupid. It's not he stupid. Could, uh, without taking penalties. But how many penalties do Everton actually get? Not very many, yeah. So it probably won't make a difference Because we don't anyway. attack very much, yeah. You've got to be in the other team's penalty area. Well, just that, yeah. Right. But at the moment, what I'm saying is, he's he's two at least two goals clear of anyone who takes penalties in the race. Okay. So, what have they been doing for the, these eleven games with all the penalties they've had? Hasn't helped them, has it? Saving them. Um. Right. Okay. Sunday, high noon. Uh, Southampton versus Sheffield United. Uh, the James Beatty derby. Um, Sheffield United, of course, are winless in their eleven games so far this season. Southampton have scored at least twice in their last six home games in the Premier League. Uh, can we see anything other than a Southampton win? Hope no. not. No, I mean I can't. This is like a competition to be as secretly as bad as possible without anyone realising, isn't it? <laughs> I think Southampton are very good. They're not Southampton. Oh, sorry, Sheffield United. <laughs> Southampton not part of this competition, like Fulham are. No, I th- <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were making some sort of dig at Southampton, probably 
as good as no, they could be or something. No, the whole point is that sort of everyone's here going, oh. including all of us, going, aren't this, this Fulham a rubbish? Like they can't do anything. Like going, West Brom are terrible. And just somehow Sheffield United are there being worse, just going, don't look at us. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Crystal Palace versus Spurs, um, quarter past two on Sky in the Chris Armstrong derby. Um, Jay-Z's win percentage in London derbies uh, is higher than that of any other manager who's played 20-plus games or managed 20-plus games. Uh, that's 64%. And Spurs are unbeaten in 10 against Palace with eight clean sheets. Uh, are Spurs going to march on? Almost certainly. Yeah. Okay, uh, Fulham versus Liverpool, half past four on Sky, and the John Arna Risa Crispies derby. Um, Liverpool, will they be recovered in time from their Champions League uh, exploits? Um, they won their last. <laughs> they won their last eighteen versus promoted teams. Um, Mo Salah has got eighty-two games, uh, eighty-two goals in one hundred and eighteen games, but just one in his last twelve in London. I bet loads of the more penalties there, according to Darren Clark. That's how he wins all the boots. <laughs> he just sort of goes by Watford and gets beyond the M25 and just sort of doesn't, doesn't like it. <laughs> he might want to have a long, hard look at himself if he can't score against Fulham. But he's going to be exhausted. That's because true, Because he played yeah. in unnecessary games. <laughs> he could be there sort of crawling onto the pitch, sort of wheezing. Yeah. And... Whereas Sadio Mane... Well, I was going to ask if Liverpool had got any defenders back, but... I don't suppose it matters playing Fulham. Uh, no, I still think it'll be a makeshift. I mean, Matip might come back. He didn't play in the week. We played um, Nathaniel. No, we didn't play Nathaniel Phillips. Uh, Reece Williams. I think we started. Does it matter either just way? Thought, it's, just, it's a very fancy sort of Matip. Is that what I said? Made you sound, <laughs> made you sound like you were at some sort of like some sort of high society dinner party. <laughs> He's like some sort of philosopher. I oh, wasn't it Matip oh, who oh, said uh, that man oh, was born believe, free and. I believe it's Matip who plays it. Uh, Arsenal versus Burnley, quarter past seven it's on Sky uh, in the Mark Randall derby. Um, in all competitions, Arsenal have beaten Burnley in their last nine games. Which this is. Could be a dour affair. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Dyche has never beaten Arsenal with Burnley. Uh, and Burnley have only scored five goals in 10 Premier League games, and both teams have won one out of five. I think this is where Arsenal get their win back, I think. No, they've gone full Arsenal. There's, they can't be saved. They're going to get relegated. <laughs> Arsenal have scored as many goals in the Premier League as Dominic Cavalloon. And I can tell you one thing, Dominic Cavalloon doesn't take penalties. <laughs> yeah, maybe Arsenal. Arsenal many, <laughs> have Arsenal had any penalties this season? Seems likely, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I think this has got Arsenal 2-0 all over it. Two? Yeah. You haven't been watching Arsenal recently. <laughs> no, I know. Two goals. But that's more to do with how little faith I have in Burnley than how I think Arsenal are going to play. Is, uh, is so it, you, sorry, you I know it's you... going to be two own goals from Burnley. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> was it, was it, did you, sorry, I know you said, and it's probably my job to be listening, but wasn't. Um, is it a turf more? Uh, no, it is, uh, it's Stanley. You can probably sort of hear it if you open your window and, will you be in tier three by then? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so you might be arrested for having your window open and listening to it. <laughs> Probably invent a new tier four for us by then. Um, I'm not sure if that makes any difference. It's going to be dour. Like, I would not watch mm-hmm. this game. Uh, no, I don't think I would either. 
Um, what, what time did you say it was? Well, this is quarter past seven. Uh, it's, the game, it's, it's the game that happens after football's finished, in oh, my mind. when we're watching Red Zone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it does clash with Leicester versus Brighton on Amazon, which is also at the same time. I will almost what? certainly be really? watching Red Zone. Or maybe I've got my times confused. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not on Monday? I just didn't think, yeah. Mm. I didn't think that we were um, scheduling games like that anymore. Saturday, Sunday, help, help, help. I guess by the same time. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Score one for Chris. That's very odd. Well, that I'm right. <laughs> That's very odd as well, yeah. Point. Uh, yeah, Leicester versus Brighton in the Leonardo Joe Derby, quarter past seven on Amazon. Um, Leicester have won four and drawn two in the Premier League versus Brighton. Um, since Brendan Rodgers took over in May last year, Jamie Vardy, friend of Corner Flags, has scored 41 goals uh, in the Premier League. That's eight more than the next person. Um, well, Leicester have lost three at home already so far this season, and Brighton have got 14 points in the last away game. So I think this isn't. This could be quite a close one. But how many penalties does he take? Quite a few, but I think he misses. Had enough to win the Golden Boot last year. <laughs> there we are. He um he's got a very similar style to his penalty. He just basically runs and blasts it as hard as he can down the middle. Do you remember when um he's imagining a corner flag? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Do you remember when Leicester won the league? The the final game of the season where they brought on Andrea Bocelli was against Everton and Joe Robles was in goal. Uh, when they brought on a blind man to play. To sing before the game is Andrea Bocelli blind. Yeah, but you made yeah. it sound like they brought him on as a sub. Oh, sorry. <laughs> When he said and, this, and... And they won the league, but that's, <laughs> that's um, disrespectful. Taking the piss out of Everton, if you ask me. <laughs> In that game, uh, Leicester got a penalty, and Jamie Vardy smashed it straight down the middle, and Joe Robles dived to one side. And rather tellingly, uh, uh, Jamie Vardy made some sort of sign at Joe Robles as he walked past. Ten minutes later, he got another penalty, and Joe Robles stood still and didn't move. And Vardy blasted it straight down the middle, and Robles saved it. And then Robles gave him that back again. Uh. Would have been a better story if I was just punched him in the face after the first one. <laughs> what are you? Seven? <laughs> I think he didn't why, do that, but he did why something. Why do you look like a drowned rat when it rains? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be quite close. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Will you be watching it? I am. Um, no, I won't because my BT Sport so runs out very that... soon and I've got PSG versus Lyon. I just noticed that Barcelona are at the same time on Sunday, but I will still be watching Red Zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's PSG versus Lyon. If I've still got my BT Sport by then, I'll be watching oh, yeah, that. Yeah, definitely watch that instead. Oh, no, because it's, what is it? It's Corinthians versus Sao Paulo. I might be watching that. You're going to be... You need your head looking at Why? That's a big game. Different games. Yeah, it is, could... but it has absolutely zero context to you apart from you've heard of Corinthians and you've heard of Sao Paulo. <laughs> Which one are you going to support? Uh, which one are the goodies and which one are the baddies? I don't know. I need to look at their squads, see who <laughs> plays for them. Uh, okay, right. So, has anyone got any other business or anything like that at all? No. No, Adam? No. Okay. We are Man on the Post, a part of the Man on the Post network. So, um, Ali and Simon and Dave will be back uh, at the weekend to review the games that we've been previewing. You might be able to hear that in the next fortnight or so. Um they are recording pieces of me that's back uh i think so tom from uh man of the post days of yore is recording his pieces of me which is your favorite 11 players so long as they're retired um 
you can find us on Instagram at Man of the Post, Twitter at Man of the Post, and uh, Facebook as well. Adam, if they want to follow you, how do they do that on Twitter? Adam, I say one one. Emma, how do they follow you? They follow Jose Mourinho. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Is it just him berating female workers? God, I'm hey, so... his Instagram game is really strong. <laughs> um. You can find, you can download us from uh, follow us on uh, Acast and Stitcher and Spotify and uh, Apple Podcast app. Um, guys, thank you ever so much for joining us. You're welcome. He's not listening. Adam, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>